Hey everybody, welcome to No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa, and I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is No Bones About Wrestling, and this is your Ring of Honor Honor Club show. And this is episode 10. Uh, the show was May 4th, 2023. They were taped from Sunrise, Florida. Let's get right to it. First match was Lee Moriarty of The Firm with Big Bill Morrissey, and he was taking on Rocky Romero in a Pure Rules match. Can I ask a question before we even get started? Okay. I I didn't catch it. Was there any explanation given as to why this was a Pure Rules match? Because it wasn't for the Pure Championship. I think one of them had challenged the other to a Pure Rules match. Oh, after their last match where there was uh, some shenanigans, yeah, maybe? something. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. I just missed that from the commentary team. So, the pure rules. <clears throat> uh, first closed fist is a warning. The second closed fist, you're disqualified. Uh, after you only have three rope breaks... After the third rope break, there are no rope breaks, meaning if you're in a submission hold, getting to the ropes doesn't break the hold. Uh, Getting your foot on the rope during a pin doesn't break the pin. Uh, What what other pure rules am I missing? Well, in a typical pure match, if it goes to time, the time limit, then there are three judges that will determine the winner of the match. Right. But this one didn't have three judges. I didn't see any judges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then did you say the time limit? What about it? That it, did it exist in the amount of time? I don't know. Oh, oh, I think it's, I think it's typically a, a 15 minute match. Oh, is it? I believe so. I could be wrong. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true. I haven't written down somewhere. Anyways, so th- those are the the pure rules. Is the is the count out twenty also? Is that correct? Or yeah, no? it's, but it's twenty in all of Ring of Honor. Oh, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, this one Moriarty was forced into using all three of his rope breaks pretty early on by Romero. Uh, Romero obviously came into the match wanting to do that. Uh, Rocky Romero hit a nice around-the-world DDT on Moriarty. Uh, This one, Rocky Romero won by submission over Lee Moriarty. Kay, what stood out in this match to you? And this one, I gave four bones out of five. Nice opener. Nice opener. Um... I thought there were some great uh, takedowns from Romero. Uh, Quickly, like you said, sort of early on, forcing uh, Moriarty to use those rope breaks. What did you think about the second rope break call? There was some debate about it among the announce team. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where he he goes uh, between the ropes while he's in a submission hold, uh, Moriarty does. Yeah. Uh, And so they counted that as a rope break because he went to the ropes to get out of the hold. Mm-hmm. Do you think that should have counted? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, it should have been a rope break, yeah. I see it. For me, a rope break is when the ref forces you to break the hold because someone reached the ropes, whereas this was him using the ropes as a means of escape. Yeah, you don't get... Mm. No? See, okay. okay. All right. Um. 
they met the announcers uh, during this match mention rug burn in your eyes and i just wrote down that that is like pure nightmare fuel for me like oh it just like instantly made my skin crawl um there was an awesome around the world ddt by romero really great match i like the way romero gets moriarty uh into uh the arm bars it's very unique how how he how he sets that up like normally you see them grab the arm first and then take them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his is like a takedown into an arm bar. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the pacing in this match was excellent. They They had time and they did not rush things. And it was all for the good of the match. Very mm-hmm. nice opener here. And a, and a good, yeah, good length of time. Yeah. So, I wonder if, uh, well, we had a kind of a, a mini feud here between Rocky Romero and Lee Moriarty. I wonder if this is the end of it or if it's going to continue. With the chemistry these two seem to have together, I say keep it going. Yeah, I agree. That would be, be awesome. I say keep it going, yeah. These, these two have great in-ring chemistry. Keep it going. Up next, we had a Women's World Championship Proving Ground match. So in Ring of Honor, what a proving ground match is, uh, if you beat, the the title isn't on the line, if you beat the champion, or go the time limit with the champion, you earn a title shot against the champion. And this is Women's World Champion Athena versus Angelica Risk. And this one, Athena hit three fireman's carry slams in a row. And eventually, uh, Athena won by submission. Pretty one-sided match. Angelica Risk. There was uh, no risk on the part of Athena of losing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one I gave three and a half bones out of five. It was a pretty good match, even though it was one-sided Kay, what stood out for you in this Proving Ground match? Um, well, early on, uh, there was an awesome back kick to the face uh, of Risk given by Athena. Um, and I thought that Risk's punches and strikes looked great. For someone who I haven't seen before, normally that's like a weaker area for new people. Uh, and I thought that she did a really good job making those those strikes look like they were connecting. Well, just new to us. New to us, yeah. We don't know her background. Oh, yeah, no, I meant meant new to to us. Um, There's a great one-arm catch by Athena. Super impressive feat of strength. Like, I wrote that in all caps because I was so impressed by it. Uh, And then I didn't know what to call them, so I called them dumping rolls at the end of the match by Athena. I know 100% that is not what they're called. But it was when Athena kept dropping risk and then she would do like a somersault over top of her and then pick her back up on her shoulders again just to dump her on the ground again. And do it. she did it three times in a That's row. That's what I was talking about when I, I called them the fireman's carry slams. Yeah, that yeah. sounds way better than dumping rolls. They're not dumping rolls. <laughs> That, that d- dumping rolls is that is that is the menu item that you see on the Chinese menu, and you get up and leave. Um, 
The last thing I wanted to talk about. I'll take. Was, uh, let me take a the family size order of dumping rolls, please, <laughs> waiter. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about with this match, these proving ground matches. Are you dumping rolls vegetarian? We got we to move past the dumping rolls. Um, these proving ground matches. Are we ever gonna see someone get a title shot from one? Apparently not. Because we're in week ten. Yeah. And there's there hasn't been a proving match, proving ground match every week, but no. I'd say that we've, there's probably been like six of them at this point. At least, yeah. Yeah, at least, and none of them have been successful. Have been close. None no. of them have been close. Not even to the time limit one. Right. You know, none of them have been close. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if Athena makes Sky Blue do a proving ground match, or if she's just gonna eventually give her a title shot once she proves herself that'll yeah, we'll, be interesting to see we'll talk about that later yeah uh athena uh excuse me angelica risk looked pretty good here in her ring of honor debut angelica risk ca- came out of the monster factory in new jersey that's where it is right new jersey yeah uh and that is an apple tv plus or excuse me, it's featured in a in an in an Apple TV Plus mini series called Monster Factory, which if you have access to Apple TV Plus, you should watch it. This is not a paid advertisement. It's just if you like wrestling, uh, just a suggestion. It's uh, it's a documentary series focuses on several of the trainees at the. Monster Factory, which has produced a lot of wrestlers over the years, Mm -hmm. and it also uh, focuses on the coach, Danny Cage, I believe is his name. That is correct. And, And like I said, focuses on several of the trainees as well. I don't think Angelica Risk was featured on the show. No. But she she is out of the Monster Factory. And and mm-hmm. again, if you have access to Apple TV+, Plus, the show is called Monster Factory. So definitely check it out. I, I guarantee you, you'll be hooked after one episode and you will have to see... You will have to see how it turns out for the, for the wrestlers in training. Very interesting show. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Uh, and if you've been keeping up with the Ring of Honor Club uh, episodes, like if you've kept up with all ten of them, you will see, you've already seen one of the the um, wrestlers featured on the Monster Factory right. in a match. Yeah. Uh, what's her the name? Notorious Mimi. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if I should say if I should, that was going to spoil something. But, well, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's, too, it's yeah. been out. It's yeah. fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, after the match... After the uh, after the Athena Angelica Risk match here, Athena hit the Skyfall, Sky Blues finisher, on Risk. She hit it on onto the title belt, kind of a, a calling out Sky Blue here. Uh, up next, we have the Ring of Honor World Television Title match. This week, I have been complaining for weeks about the lack of title matches on Ring of Honor. And it's still a problem. Because they have six fucking championships. And it's still it still is an issue. 
but this week we had two title matches, so okay, I'll take that. And that, a proving ground match. And a proving ground match, so okay, I'll I'll take that. It's 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 cool this week. We had a world title match, and a world television title match, and a proving ground match. So I'll I'll take that. But they still have got to have got to step it up and and get us more more title matches on the on the show. I mean, we're we're paying a subscription price for this product. There's no excuse to have episodes go by to have six belts in the company and have no fucking title matches on the show. No excuse. It's it's ridiculous. Well, maybe but they, let's may, get, maybe they've heard your complaints Maybe they have. The, the tide is changing. Yeah, but so let's get to it. We have a title match. Ring of Honor World Television Title Samoa Joe has been uh, gone for several weeks, and he returns to defend his belt against the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, the man who I believe is, I believe he's 52, 53 years old now, uh, can still go. This one, I I hate to say, I expected a, a lot more from it. I have a similar note written down. I I thought they might give them some time, and these two... These enemies have fought, they said, how many times they fought. It was, it, it it was, was a lot. It was a very high number. I think it was more than 52. Was it? I think so. I think it was in the 60s. No, no, no. I think they said 50-some. Oh, then maybe, okay, then maybe it was 52. I think they said 50-some. Uh, but yeah, 50-some times uh, in this promotion, that promotion, the other promotion, they were kind of, you know, in independent uh independent stars at the same time. Um but this is the first time they met in Ring of Honor in a while. So I thought they'd you know, but they're both older now. I thought they'd give them some time. This might be, who knows, the last time they ever fight each other. So I thought I kinda thought this would be the main event heading into tonight's program. Huh. Interesting. This is not what I thought would be the main event, but the thing I thought would be the main event was also not the main event, so... Yeah. Well, I didn't know we were going to have a world title match, and then I thought that would be the main event, yeah, and it wasn't what, that's either, what, that's so... That's I thought was going to be it. Yeah. But, so we... Anyway, so, like I said, I I thought they'd give them some time. They didn't. Uh, but the, the match starts, and Samoa Joe employs his size advantage from the start. You know, Christopher Daniels foolishly... You would think he would know Samoa Joe's like a brick wall. You know, Daniels tries to run over him a couple times, tries to get some leverage, bounce off the ropes, run over Joe. Doesn't work. Keeps not working. He keeps trying it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Joe just knocks him down. Uh, and the match goes on predictably for a couple minutes. And eventually, kind of out of nowhere, Joe hits the muscle buster for the pin and the win. Not much to it at all. Not much fanfare. Fairly one-sided for Joe. I gave this three bones out of five. Kay, what what do you have to say about the TV title match? It made me appreciate what Joe's explosiveness, which I always forget is a thing with him until I see him in a match, and in every match, I'm reminded of it. But then immediately upon looking at him again, I forget that this is a thing. But he is able to strike almost like a cobra. Like, out of nowhere, he'll hit a move 
that just, it was so unexpected. Um, and we saw that one or two times during this, this match. My only other notes is not a lot of spots and that there was a great muscle buster for the win. Yeah. But there just wasn't, wasn't a lot to write down. Yeah. Not much to it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Joe returns for a kind of a lackluster match with Christopher Daniels, which should have been, would have, could have, should have been more. What I was surprised about is both of these guys had big runs in Ring of Honor throughout their career. Right. So I expected it to be like a coming together of these two like titans of the company. Right. And it wasn't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Odd. Odd in that way. Like it should have been. That's exactly what it should have been. Give them... And it didn't even go 10 minutes, I feel like. Oh, God, no. It should have been at least 10 minutes... 12 minutes. I don't know that this even went five minutes. This was not let a long them, match. Let them fight and let them have a, a battle and yeah. Didn't even get that. Well, now that Joe is, is back around, who do you see challenging for the world television title? You still want Mark Briscoe? I still want Mark Briscoe. Mark Brisco- I was going to say, my answer to that, until he wins the title, will always be Mark Briscoe. But now Mark Briscoe has not been in Ring of Honor. He's been in AEW lately. Yeah. So you you still want Mark Briscoe? I still want Mark Briscoe. Okay. I would also accept Blake Christian. Okay, yeah, that would be cool. Samoa Joe versus Blake Christian. You think Blake Christian has what it takes to beat Samoa Joe? I think with his high-flying swiftness, he might. It would take a lot. It would be like the match of his life, you know? But I think think he could do it. It would be a tall order for Christian to pull that off. You know, speaking of tall, who else could do it? My man Dalton Castle. <laughs> I would love to see. I would love, I would to, love see, to see a belt on him. I, I don't would care love what to see belt. Samoa Joe versus Dalton Castle. Yeah, yeah. Just Joe's reactions to Dalton Castle alone, I think, would be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I'm. I might be with that. Samoa Joe versus Dalton Castle. Yeah, for the TV yeah. title, mm-hmm. I would love that. Yeah, me too. What about you? Who's your who's your next pick for going after the TV title? Dalton, it's Dalton Castle oh, now. Right now, Dalton. now that you mentioned Dalton Castle, <laughs> who, yeah. Who was it before I mentioned Dalton Castle? Uh, probably Mark Briscoe. Yeah. If they gave him another run at it, bring him back into Ring of Honor because he's been absent since the the last pay per view, uh, Supercard of Honor. He appeared on the. He just didn't wrestle. He appeared on the episode after that. Yeah. To talk about his match. But now that you said it, yeah, Dalton Castle. I would love to see a Samoa Joe versus Dalton Castle match that begins with Dalton Castle and all the pomp and circumstance and the boys and the grandiose Dalton Castle entrance and him being silly and then Dalton Castle having to really get down and get gritty. <laughs> and wrestle Samoa Joe. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, that would be a great match. Mm-hmm. I'm, a good, uh, I'm a good fantasy booker. Yeah, yeah. So up next we have, uh, again, what I thought was going to be the main event when it was announced, uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship match, just out of nowhere. And uh, it wasn't even close to the main event. It went on fourth. Yeah. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli of the Blackpool Combat Club. 
defends his belt against Robbie Eagles from Australia, I believe he is. And he's from New Japan. Yeah, but he's Australian. Yes, he's Australian. Yeah, okay. yeah, but I was just saying, he's not from Ring of Honor. He's yeah. from New Japan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this this was a pretty good one. Uh, Eagles had a nice Hurricane Rana. Uh, Claudio had an abdominal stretch, transitioned into an armbar that that lasted for quite a bit. It was a nice nice hold. Eagles hit a rolling senton from the ring to the outside on Claudio. At one point, Claudio tried to get Eagles into the big swing, but Eagles turned it into the Eagle Lock, a signature hold of his. Claudio got a rope break. Eventually, Claudio hit the Ricola Bomb for the pin and the win. This one, I gave three and a half bones out of five. Kay, what do you think of this one? I'm surprised with your bone rating. It didn't, it didn't, uh... Didn't grab you? Didn't, I mean, it was a good match. It was a good mm-hmm. match. I wrote great match. Really? Yeah, I thought it was great. Huh. I thought uh, there were some very cool, a cool series of takedowns by Robbie Eagles. This was my first time seeing him. I was pretty impressed. Uh, Claudio was just, like, straight up dropping this dude all over the place with release suplexes, and then uh, pressing him and just dropping him right on his ass. Uh, so I just felt like he was getting just bombed all over the place. Mm. There were some good kicks by both men. I really liked Eagle's style. He's like a vicious spider monkey in the ring. He just seems like relentlessly attacking, which I appreciate when yeah. when wrestlers do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I thought with that submission hold that you mentioned that, uh, that what's it called? Eagle's... Eagle lock. The eagle, eagle the lock. The eagle lock. Uh, with that, it made me realize Claudio is big enough that even with a submission hold on him in the middle of the ring, he can still reach the ropes. Like, it was kind of like a leg submission lock, and so he had the upper part of his body free, but he just stretched and was able to grab the rope with his hand mm-hmm. without actually, like, dragging himself anywhere. Yeah. He's very long. He's a big guy. Yeah. yeah. A, yeah. He doesn't seem that big until... You see him really stretched out like that, you know, or or comparatively to other wrestlers who I know are not as tall, you know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was a great match. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I liked Robbie Eagles. I hope we get to see some more of him. I liked him too. Just yeah, whatever reason, I I, I didn't think it was great. It just didn't grab me like that. That's cool. So what do we got next? Well, we had a sky blue promo. Uh, where she says, the gist of it is she says that Athena is a bully. And this was a terrible promo. Yes. She sounded like a, a kid reading aloud in class. Uh, but she she challenged Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Uh, but Sky Blue has to work on her promo. I mean, she enunciated the the wrong words... And it was just bad. I mean, it it seemed, it felt like a first take. Like, it felt like it couldn't have been a multiple take. I mean, 
wow, if this was like take 10, I can't imagine what take one was because this, it was not a good promo at all. It was, it, you could tell like it, it just felt forced and it just felt like she was reading directly off a script and it was, it was not good at all. Uh, up next, we had uh, we had a fun one. We had a was it ten man tag one two three ten man tag match. We had the Kingdom and Varsity Athletes, accompanied by Smart Mark Sterling and Maria Canellis Bennett, versus Stu Grayson, Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and Best Friends. Accompanied by Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Early on in this match, uh, the match breaks down to five on five. The referee just throws his hands up. He can't control it. Mm-hmm. We have uh, chaos in the ring. Best friends hit a soul food into a half and half dragon suplex on Matt Taven followed by a springboard moonsault by Stu Grayson. Action Andretti hit a flying senton onto the varsity athletes uh, on the outside at one point. Uh, Very soon after that, Trent superplexed Matt Taven to the outside onto everyone. You know, it's one of those spots where everyone's standing there on the outside waiting for, you know, someone to to be dumped onto them. Not a big fan of those spots, but, well, that's what happened, and, yeah. Uh, At one point, Grayson and Andretti, uh, they were readying a double-team move on Ari Davari when... The righteous music hits those guitar chords. Those uh, country slide guitar chords hit, and you know they're coming for Stu Grayson. They want Stu Grayson, and it distracts everyone. And Ari Davari rolls up. Action Andretti gets a two count. So the match is still going on as the righteous walk out on the entry entryway. Uh, so Davari gets his two count. Action Andretti has to recover. He hits a super kick on Davari, picks him up. Uh, Andretti picks up Davari, hits a neck breaker, gets the pin and the win for his team. So Stu Grayson, Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and the best friends pick up the win. Very fun five on five match. Uh, just fighting everywhere, guys flying everywhere. Good match. Four bones out of five. The Righteous didn't end up doing anything. Just kind of stood there eyeing Stu Grayson and uh, and Vincent of the Righteous, the guy with the dreadlocks, kind of giving, giving weird, you know, Charlie Manson eyes at, at Stu Grayson. <laughs> and after the match, there was an... There was a... Eight man hug in celebration. The 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 faces all hugged in the in the center of the ring. Yes, the righteous did not take part in the hug. Right. No, I said the faces hugged. Are they, are they not faces? No, I don't know. They're heels. They're creepy cult guys. 
They're heels. I love them, though. Yeah, the face is to you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was a fun match. Um, uh, sometimes these big tag matches can can just have too many people to be anything, but this one was very well done. As I said, four bones out of five. Kay, what stood out to you in this tag match? There was a nice drop kick on Taven by Andretti pretty early on. Mm-hmm. It broke down super fast. Yeah. Uh, and then Stu came in and was just clearing house. Like, when he tagged in, he just got everyone out of the ring. It, it Like, one at a time. It was very, very nice. I like Stu a lot. It was good to see him have a big moments. Um, it got to the point that, what, that I, I had no idea who was legal for a while. Um, and then... That suplex, or superplex, I should say, by Trent uh, on Taven when he threw him out of the ring. Mm -hmm. You didn't mention the best part, which was Caprice Coleman's reaction. Uh, He, like, flipped his shit over this. Yeah, he did. It was glorious. It was like, oh my god, the superplex, he threw that out of the ring! Yeah, like, (laughs) he is so good at knowing when to yell you know like when we look at i forget that guy's name that you hate uh kevin patrick yes yeah kp who who yells on monday night raw yells everything yeah he needs to take a page out of caprice coleman he needs to take a valium is what he needs to take (laughs) well without prescribing medication to him uh, i think he could just watch some ring of honor and take some notes as to how you should use your enthusiasm to build an, an ebb and flow to the match. Correct, Which, which, yeah. he do, which Caprice does beautifully. Yeah. yeah uh, the the uh, Ring of Honor announcers really are a fantastic team. Yeah. They're a great team. I haven't really decided about Nigel yet. He's only been, I think this is like the second or third episode that we've seen with him. I haven't decided if I feel like he's adding to it or taking up space, you know? Yeah. Um. So I haven't, I haven't formed, do you have an opinion of him yet? He's good. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with him, he's getting a little more WWE commentary-like where it becomes like a bickering or a back and forth between the announcers, which I don't care for, which is why I liked this announce team so much because they focused entirely on the match. Uh, So I kind of got to see if that continues or if he gets with the Ring of Honor program as far as commentary goes. Because I think a little bit of that is okay. Definitely not as much as WWE does it, but I'm just curious to see how how it goes and if I feel like he fits in. It's hard when they take your favorite thing and then add something to it, like an outsider to it, you know? Uh, well, some of that in an announcing team is good because it helps sell your characters. Yeah. I mean, that's what the announcing team, after all, is there to do, mm-hmm. is to sell your characters, to sell your stories. So, some of that is 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 a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I have no problem with it at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's necessary. Huh. Up next... We have an that was all you had to say about that? So what, what's going to happen with The Righteous and Stu Grayson? What do you think? Are they are they going to make their move? Are they just going to stalk him forever? Well, my mind is still blown that they're heels. Because they're just so awesome. I can't believe it. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so I think they're going to get Stu in, and he's going to... In, into what? Into the, the righteous. Into he's, the cult? He's gonna, yeah, he's going to join the cult. I think, I think they're really? going to lure him in. What I really want... He's already th- part of a cult. Yeah, he's going to get lured into a different cult. Is he going to be in both cults? Well, that cult doesn't have a leader right now. You can't have a leaderless cult. That's not a cult. Dark Order seems to be happy without a leader. Oh, no, Negative One's the leader. But Negative One's not on TV anymore. He's still the leader. Okay. Well, I guess maybe he doesn't want to take orders from a child anymore, so he will join the right... I don't know. I would like to see a melding of the Righteous and the Dark Order together. Huh. After, like, a feud, obviously. But again... The Dark Order are faces, the Righteous are heels. I don't think Vincent has in mind the same the same mindset, the same goals in life, the same attitude as the Dark Order. I don't think he's wanting to meld with the Dark Order. Yeah. I don't think that's his plan. Well, he doesn't want to hurt Stu, as he's made very clear. He just wants to, like, recruit him. He wants to take him. Yeah, he wants to take him and recruit him. Not take him in, like, a bad way. Well, we'll see. Their music is so good, and they have snapping. How could they be bad guys? (laughs) They're wearing all white. White is the color of purity. Yeah. This is why one day I will end up joining a cult. (laughs) Oh my god. No, but seriously, when do you think they're going to make a move or is this oh, just course. going to yeah. keep going forever? Well, no, it's not going to keep going forever. They're going to make a move at some point. Are they? Cuz it feels like it's going to go on forever. So they didn't even show up till the Supercard of Honor, which was what? That was May or April 1st, the weekend of, of April 1st. Yeah, so they've been just coming out nothing has progressed with the storyline for over a month now. Yeah, but they also haven't been on every week. Yeah, but they just come out, look at Stu Grayson, and nothing happens. Like, when, my question to you, yeah. when do you think something is going to happen with this storyline, you know? Well, here's my question that might tie into my answer to your question. When is their next pay-per-view? Have they even I heard of it yet? I, 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 no. I, I, I I've not heard so. a date. I don't think there is a date. Are they like AEW, where they only do like four or five a year? I don't think that's been determined yet. Okay. I didn't know if you knew, like, historically how many they typically do. Well, I think historically is out the window. Oh, okay. I think, you know, this is a new Ring of Honor Honor under Tony Khan. Yeah. And so I think the past is out the window, and they're kind of feeling it out as they go. Well, Well, my thinking was that... Answer my question. No, that's what I'm answering your question right now. So, my thinking was that whenever their next pay-per-view is, that's going to be sort of like the first face-off between these two groups, where we see them like in a match against each other. The Righteous and the Dark Order. The Righteous and the Dark Order. But also, they've mentioned a third member of the Righteous. Who, who's period. they? The Righteous. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've mentioned a third member of the Righteous. Yeah. But we still haven't seen them, so I wonder if they're going to make an appearance... And then we're they're gonna we're gonna start the ball rolling on the Dark Order. Righteous actually having matches together. We'll see. What do you think? 
I think they need to do something soon because it's getting frustrating, the righteous coming out and doing nothing. Like, I'm starting to lose interest in them, honestly, as characters. But not their They're not starting, their song. I mean, they, the song is awesome. They look awesome. And when they first came out, I thought, hey, these guys are awesome and creepy and weird. But now they've become just boring. They, they come out and they look at Stu Grayson and they do nothing. So they've become, one, boring, and two, they don't seem like a threat to anyone as mm-hmm. heels because they don't do a thing when they come out. So yeah. something needs to happen soon because they just feel, they're just treading water. And if you're trying to make them, you know, dangerous cult guys, anything can happen because they're crazy. It def- definitely doesn't feel that way. Right now, to me, because yeah. nothing happens. So I I just feel like they need to get on it quick. I see that. They need to get on it quick with them. Uh, up next, we had a promo by Athena answering Sky Blue's challenge. And Athena says she's been... She says Sky Blue has been, quote, coasting on her sex appeal. And she's going to show that she, quote, never belonged in AEW. And she, quote, sure as hell doesn't belong in Ring of Honor. Strong words from Athena. So Athena is someone who I normally have a problem with her promos because it Mm -hmm. feels like she doesn't believe what she's saying. Mm -hmm. Either she stepped up her acting skills or she believes what she's saying because this came across as as something real, you know? And so either she connected finally with I agree. How, how to talk, or these are things that she actually thinks. I agree. Um, so either way, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and, I, well, whether she believes it or not, that's true. Yeah, I noticed. Not, not that she doesn't belong or anything. But the coasting on her sex appeal, that part's true, yeah. yeah. Sky Blue needs some practice. Mark. She needs some, some practice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's been getting a really big push for someone that's not ready for a really big push. I agree, yeah. To be undefeated in Ring of Honor when we've seen other women get, like, obliterated mm-hmm. who have put on a decent match, mm-hmm. it's right. just, it's a shame. Yeah, I agree. Just because they're not, you know, cute in a yeah. in a baseball cap with their button nose. Yeah. Yeah. And their their breasts exposed. Yeah. Their cleavage exposed is what I should say. Yes, you should. That's say what that. I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, it's a shame, you know, because I that's, you know, hopefully we we left that in the past where women's wrestling is about the the sex appeal you know i i thought that was you know 15 20 years ago uh so it, it makes me like disappointed in a in aw and ring of honor a little bit you know yeah because i felt like i haven't thought that about any of their wrestlers until her right no i agree i mean that's it definitely seems to be the case. I mean, with with her skill level, 
I don't know. I think it's a very real conversation. I don't know if she belongs on national television. I, I, I haven't seen anything that she's done to convince me that she hadn't done anything that I would pay my hard-earned money to, to watch her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, it's... I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to an indie show to see her. Forget about... <laughs> go to an AEW show to see her. Yeah, if I went to an AEW show and she was on the card, I would be a little disappointed. Yeah, I mean... And so, so like you said, it is disappointing to, to feel that way, that, that the sex appeal is getting put over the wrestling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I would feel the same way with the male wrestlers. I'm not coming to look at, at sexy men, mm-hmm. you know? That's not what I want. I don't want, you know... You want good wrestling. I want good wrestling, yeah. I don't care what they look like. And, I mean, as she, as she proved <laughs> I want, I want, I on come this to episode, see wrestling. like, it's not that she's got these amazing promo skills either. Oh, you know? Lord, no, yeah. So, I mean... So, that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not it. And I think that there's something there. She's just nowhere yeah. ready yeah. yet. Like... I'm not saying yeah. she should quit wrestling or right. she shouldn't no, be no. a wrestler. Like she, that's not what we're saying. No. She's just not ready for the level of no, competition she's just getting that pushed she's in right now. Way too much, way too early. Yeah. Yeah. And she's everywhere. Seemingly because of her looks. Yeah. I mean I, that's the way it seen that's the way it comes off. Mm-hmm. That's the way it seems to Athena too, apparently. That's the way it seems to Athena, yeah. Like like you said, maybe she believes it for real. It really seems like she did. Yeah. I mean, unless her acting skills in the last week have have improved drastically, mm-hmm. I think that in her heart of hearts, whether she wants to admit it to herself or not, it mm-hmm. seems like she believes this. Yeah. And I think we we can definitely say that to be true. And I hate to be negative and be pointing that out, but I mean, like I said, based based on her skill level, I mean... That's what we as fans do to evaluate. Do you want to pay your hard-earned money to watch Sky Blue wrestle? I don't. Well, and then you have, like, they have or had Trisha Dora. Like, when you have these, like, killer, awesome women who aren't unattractive, you know? Like, instead you sign Sky Blue. Like, I mean, maybe she didn't want to be signed, but I find that hard to believe. Well, now, some people, you know, AEW isn't handing out a million dollars to just everybody they sign. Yeah, I understand. A lot of people can still make more money booking themselves on independent shows here and there and everywhere Mm -hmm. than they can by just signing to one promotion. Although, although AEW does allow people to still keep independent dates, Mm -hmm. but of course, AEW makes you block off their TV dates. And then, of course, if you book yourself, you don't have to block off anything. Mm-hmm. You you make your schedule. Yeah. So, who knows what what the case is with Trisha Dora? Mm-hmm. But but she hasn't even been that's, on AEW. That's, right. No, she's been Ring of Honor. Yeah. Ring yeah. of Honor, though. I mean, which is what we're talking about now. Yeah. But right. I mean, Trisha Dora, who uh, who just fought on this one? I'd say is better than Sky Blue. Uh, yeah. Risk. What's her name? Yeah, Angelica Risk yeah. is better than Sky Blue. Yeah, Lady Frost. Uh, is that her name Lady Frost? Lady Frost. Yeah, yeah. she's better than Sky yeah. Blue. 
I mean, right. We could name a laundry list of women who come on and, and lose matches every week who are more skilled and more veteran mm-hmm. than Sky Blue. And again, I feel like we're like railing against Sky Blue, which is not really well, we our kind intention. Of are. We, we kind of are, but we're just saying <laughs> you're just taking someone who's not ready yet and you're making them do things that they're not prepared for. Right. It's and and, yeah. and it's, it's not, more it's, not it's Sky more against AEW. Yeah. It's more against AEW yeah, than this, it is Sky Blue. This is not against Sky Blue. This is against their booking at AEW and Ring of Honor. Um, to make her undefeated, especially. Because she's the only woman, I think, that's undefeated. Unless Athena's... Well, I guess Athena's undefeated. Well, Jade Cargill is undefeated in AEW. I'm talking about Ring of Honor. Oh, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. Because Blue is not undefeated, period. She's just undefeated in Ring of Honor. Um, But, anyway, we can move on. Sorry. Yeah, we can move on. Yeah, that was an aside. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's relevant. I mean, we have this feud, Athena versus Sky Blue... Uh, Athena versus this undefeated challenger, Sky Blue, who, that's a relevant question. Does Sky Blue deserve to be in this feud for the Ring of Honor World Women's title? No, it should be Willow. If, right. Yeah. Or, or one of the many other women we, mm-hmm. that we said. Yeah. But Willow's not... Cute and tiny, and tiny, and yeah, and this and yeah, and that and the other, and I mean that's the way it that's the way it comes off. Comes across, that's the way yeah. it comes off. That's the way it comes off to me. Which, like, if I was sky blue, and people thought that about me, like that would be really upsetting. If they yeah. felt like the only yeah. reason I was getting these jobs was because of that, right? But I mean, at the same time, that's what they're telling us. Like, I mean, that's, they, even if we didn't already have that thought in our head. That's Athena, what the show Athena, is Athena telling us. That's what Athena there. tells yeah. us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're the ones putting that out there. Right. Yeah. It's going to cause discussion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting that they raised the, that they yeah. raised the discussion. Shouldn't you know? they, like, run that by her before they do that? Run that by who? Sky Blue? Sky Blue? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. No. I I highly doubt that they ran that by her before they did that. Yeah. Should they have? I think so. You think so? Anytime that you're saying a woman is getting somewhere because of her looks and not her talent, yeah, I feel like you need to run that by that woman before you make that part of the story. On national television? On national television, yes. Although this wasn't on national television. This was on a subscription service. Right, true. Yeah. But it's available nationally, possibly yeah. internationally. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to say about it. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, it's a it's a touchy topic. That's for sure. And you notice whether ch- it's real or scripted yeah. or both. Yeah. It's a touchy topic. What I was thinking, since they've just gotten rid of dark and dark elevation for AEW, which was like their uh, WWE sort of training center, seemingly, for, yeah. for AEW. Mm-hmm. How are they going to get these up, up and, upcomers? Well, they'll just whatever? do it off of television. Oh, like at the house shows? No, I mean, the old-fashioned way. They'll just do it without cameras rolling. Oh, oh I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Okay, okay, they'll I just train you. them without it being a formal matches uh, okay. and things like that. Okay, cool. That's, that makes sense. 
Yeah. And, right. and and some house shows. But, yeah, just train them without ca- any cameras rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And it right. doesn't have to be formal matches. Yeah, that makes to sense. Get, to get better. All right. Preston Vance versus Rich Adonis. Rich Adonis in his Ring of Honor debut versus Preston Vance with Jose. Uh, this one, not much to it. Vance uh, got... Rich Adonis and the full Nelson pretty much knocked him out and then hit him with the discus clothesline, got the pin and the win. This was a squash match. You have anything to say? Uh, the only word I wrote down was squashed. So Preston Vance looking good. It'd be nice if they find a, a direction for his character. Uh, you know, the guys in... Uh, Lafection and Gobernable. It would be nice to find, uh, you know, after Andrade, he's he's seemingly has bumped up against AEW management. Oh, is that what's going on? That that's 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 the the rumor, mm-hmm. is that Andrade has had issues with how they wanted to use his character. Mm-hmm. And so management said, fine, we're not going to use you at all. I believe that's the case right now. Uh, I believe that's what's going on. That sucks. So so he's kind of waiting out his contract. And, and furthermore, I've heard he's considering going back to WWE hmm. to be with his wife, oh, Charlotte sense. Flair. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the grass wasn't greener for Andrade. Same goes for, for Miro. Mm-hmm. Grass wasn't greener for those two. Uh, but my point was, you know, La Faccion Ingobernable, Andrade, uh, since he's been off TV, you know, Roosh and Preston Vance, they have these talented guys, but they're, they don't seem to have any direction. It'd be nice to find some direction for these guys. Don't leave Drillistico out. Oh, like excuse me. A... Drillistico also, yeah. yes. Th- three talented guys, excuse me. And no direction. So mm-hmm. let's get some yeah, let's get some direction going you know, for these guys. You know guys. what direction three talented guys should go in. Exactly. Trios. Trios. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Or or six man, you know. Or six man in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Solving problems, mm-hmm. right and left. Exactly. Up next, uh, Action Andretti and Darius Martin have a promo. And this being AEW or Ring of Honor, of course, the promo is interrupted. And it's it's becoming a, a thing now. It's It's been a thing. It's not becoming now. It's been a thing. Uh, they need to kind of put a stop to it. Uh in AEW or Ring of Honor, if there's a backstage promo, you can bet it's going to be interrupted by someone coming to beat up the person being interviewed. Like it happens so often, I'm surprised when it doesn't happen. So they've got to get themselves out of that pattern of having the interview and beat up. They've got to get themselves out of that pattern of booking because they've gotten themselves into it to where it's not surprising and and to where it 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 makes the the beat up the per, 
you know, the, the, the jumping of the, of the, of the interviewer, it, it makes the jumping of the person being interviewed, it kind of takes the excitement out of it because you know it's coming. And if you know it's coming, the person being interviewed should know it's coming. Exactly. Yeah. So so not only does it take some of the excitement out of it, but if you know it's coming, you feel as though they should know it's coming. So for them to be caught off guard, it also makes them look a little dumb, mm-hmm. which is not good for their characters. Yeah. So it's it's not a good thing to get to get trapped in that cycle of booking interview backstage run in get beat up so let's they need to get off that cycle but that's what happens action andretti and darius martin promo the kingdom come and beat them up backstage and all the all the while they're the kingdom are beating them up they're talking shit about andretti and darius martin and they're talking shit about dante martin talking about how dante is still injured and how Dante isn't there, and this and that, and Dante is still on the road to recovery. He has uh, months ahead of him still, I'm sure. He was injured, what was that, two months ago? It was April 1st weekend. Oh, one, six weeks ago, five weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. He has, yeah, months ahead of him, does Dante Martin. But yeah, so this kingdom feud with... Action Andretti and Darius Martin is still going strong, and uh, they have some chemistry, and the the kingdom style is is different, and Action Andretti and Darius Martin their style is different. So I'm I'm interested to see the the matches that that these two tag teams have. I'm I'm looking forward to to more. Mm-hmm. Up next, we have Sky Blue, the lady we were talking about, and she took on Robin Renegade. Uh, There was a flurry of near falls at the beginning of this match. Uh, Sky Blue hit a couple of sloppy-looking Hurricane Ranas. Eventually, Sky Blue hit Skyfall, her finisher, for the win. Uh, This was not not a good match. Stuff did not look good. Well coordinated. I gave this two bones out of five. Kay, what do you have to say about this one? Well, the highlight of the match for me was when Ian Riccoboni said the phrase, no bones about it. Yeah. Um, that was the best part of the match because this match was not good. Yeah. That was my last note. This match is not good. There was a nice fish hook hold by Robin and a good double high knee from Robin. Those are the only two sort of bright spots that I wrote down. Up next, one-third of the World Trios champions, Brian Cage, accompanied by Prince Nana, taking on Brock Anderson, Arn Anderson's son. This one was pretty one-sided match. Not not really a squash match, but, but one-sided. Uh, Cage pinned Anderson after hitting the drill claw. It's a, a pile driver type maneuver that Brian Cage... Hit. Uh, I will say Brock Anderson, some of his offense looked a little awkward. Some looked good. His punches looked good. Uh, he needs some work still. 
I see some potential in him, but he he still needs some work. Does Brock Anderson, Brian Cage, all of his stuff looked great. Brock Anderson did leave Cage with a bloody nose, though. I noticed that. Uh, so I'm not sure what that was from. But yeah, I gave this one three bones out of five. Just, you know, it was it was there. It was a match. Uh, Kay, what do you have to say about this one? I thought it had a good grappling start. And I also thought that Brock surprisingly didn't look dwarfed next to Cage. Yeah, Brock's a big guy. He's a big dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's obviously not Brian Cage size, but he didn't look tiny next to him like most people do. My biggest note is how dead the crowd was for this match. Like, they couldn't have cared less, which Brock Anderson being Arn Anderson's son and Brian Cage having appeared on AEW and Ring of Honor, that was surprising to me because um, it was an AEW crowd but everyone knows who Arn Anderson is, mm-hmm. and Brian Cage has been on AEW. They were still just dead for this match, noticeably more dead for this match than I had noticed all night so far. Yeah. Um, and then there was an impressive body slam from Brock. Uh, that woke the crowd up a little bit. That was, that's all. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't much to this match. Yeah. Up next, Willow Nightingale versus Steph DeLander. This is another one. Not much to it. Uh, Willow just she seems to be on the show weekly. She hit uh, a spine buster for the pin and the win. Did Willow gave this one three bones out of five? What do you have to say, Kay? I felt like, especially for the first half of the match, which wasn't very long because it was a very short match, that there was just really slow, almost lumbering movements from both women. Where even just them crossing the ring felt slower than you normally see. Mm -hmm. Um, And that includes from Willow, who I've seen a bunch at this point. And and Willow has to stop doing that cartwheel move that she does to, like, get away from people. Because it's so much slower than her just walking away from them. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, there was a good double drop kick off the ropes by Willow. Mm-hmm. And lots of slamming and cannonballs, which I like. So, it was an okay match. It yeah. wasn't anything to, like, write home about. But I liked Steph DeLander. What what we saw of her. I'd like her to see see her in a match with someone else and given more time. Mm-hmm. See what she can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we had the night's main event. Yeah. We had Angelico, accompanied by Serpentico, his teammate in the Spanish announce project. And Angelico was wrestling Commander who has quickly become one of my favorite wrestlers, one of my favorite active wrestlers, I should say. Uh, this was a good one. Uh, Commander is well well known now for being able to walk the ropes, run the ropes, balance himself on the ropes, do stuff with the ropes, basically. And he showed up and showed off in this... Uh, showed out in this match. Uh, Commander walked the ropes, then hit a corkscrew moonsault to the outside on Angelico. Uh, Also in this match, Commander 
jumped from one rope to another rope and then springboarded off of that rope and hit a splash on Angelico to the outside of the ring. Uh, Also, Commander hit a swan dive sunset flip and got a two count on that one. That was a beautiful move. There was a La Casita Cradle by Angelico for a two-count on Commander. Angelico got some nice offense of his own end. There was a Snap Sunset Bomb for a two-count by Commander. Frankensteiner for two by Commander. Uh, Commander ran the ropes for the length of the ring for a moonsault to the outside. This man is amazing. I I don't know if you... For those of you who have never been in a wrestling ring, those ropes are not solid. If you put your foot on those ropes, there's tension. You know, those ropes, you put your foot on those ropes, those ropes move every which way. They're going every which way in an effort to get you off of them. They are so hard to balance on that to see someone run on them is amazing. Like the last thing you you would think somebody could do is run across them. Well, if you think of how impressive tightrope walking is, and that's with the rope being tight, and these ropes aren't tight. Right. So it's like... Exactly. It's more impressive than tightrope walking. Right. But, but, yeah, the ropes, they are not, again, but yeah, exactly. They aren't tight. They aren't straight. But they are, are still, you know, taut. So there's tension. But the, the ropes are bouncing all over the damn place. You, you touch them, and then instantly they're bouncing all over the place. So they're springing in a thousand different directions and not staying straight. And then you put another foot down, and then they're they're springing in a thousand different directions from what your first foot did. It's, it's just, to be able to, to run across them is a, a pretty astounding feat. Uh, Commander uh, ran the ropes for a shooting star press and finally got the three count on Angelico. This was a fun match. Both guys nailed everything they did. Four and a half bones. Just perfect execution. Great match. I want to see these guys wrestle some more. Match of the night. Great way to close the show. Absolutely. Four and a half bones out of five. Uh, After the match, Serpentico attacks Commander and Angelico joins in, so it's a two-on-one on Commander. And then Orange Cassidy's music hits, and he and Bandito run down for the save. And so at the end of the show, Orange Cassidy, Bandito, and Commander are standing tall. And talk about a good trios team. Orange Cassidy, Bandito, and Commander. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. What a great yeah. team that would be. That's one I could get behind. Oh, and if you did, I know they're all faces, but if you did them versus the Lucha Brothers and Vikingo. Oh, my God. That's like, 
That would be. I would just throw money at that. That would be one of the most fun teams to watch. You've got yeah. Orange Cassidy, who is an accomplished wrestler and comic relief, and then you've got Bandito, fantastic lucha libre style wrestler, crazy strength, crazy strength commander, who is now a legend, an instant legend at walking and running across the ropes and high-flying. Talk about a just a wild trios team. That would be something else. Uh, but yeah, this match, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Kay, what do you have to say about it? Well, I think you covered like every move that was in the match, <laughs> so I can't really talk about those. But one thing I did have a question about, and Helico really focused on on the arms of Commander, which I felt was odd, because you would think with a high flyer, you'd want to take out their legs. Do you know why he might have targeted the arms so much? Like, is, is he just more of his offense lends itself to working on arms? Or is there some sort of tactic with that, with how you balance? Well, that's my only thought, is think, you know, when you're balancing... The instincts to, like, put your arms out. You're, you're doing it, of course, number one, with your core. Yeah. But number two, you know, with your with your legs. Yeah. And I guess the number three, with your arms. Mm-hmm. So, I guess... It just seemed odd to It me. is odd. Odd tactic. So, you'd think you would attack the arms. Yeah, that would not be what you would, would mm-hmm. go for. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what... So it is, I, I, it, you are using it, but like I, like I just went like, over, yeah. you're, it, you're using it after every other part, part of your body, yeah, yeah in, in, in balancing. Yeah. So I didn't know if maybe Commander's, like, finishers used his arms more? Well, I think his finishers, the run the ropes, shooting star press. Okay, so, so no. no. Yeah. Like, not at all, actually. Okay, so maybe I, just, maybe and well, Angelico is a is a master of submission holds. Hmm. So perhaps the and, submission hold he was trying to use to, uh, on this show targeted the arms. arms. Okay, that makes more sense. I knew there had to be. Thank you. I knew that you would know something that yeah. I didn't. Um, yeah, that was my yeah. Angelico is a master of submission holds. And also trained in the Lucha Libre style. And Helico, one of the more underrated mm-hmm. people on the AEW Ring of Honor roster. Oh, yeah. I'm always excited I mean, when I see that he's going to be in a match on the show. Yeah. you. It's always good. He, he doesn't get a whole lot of wins, but exactly. You see his name on the card, mm-hmm. you better get ready because he's going to come out and give you something you don't see from anybody else on that mm-hmm. card. Yeah. He's, he's always good. Yeah, and he's and he's very consistent. Oh yeah, oh which yeah, which I appreciate. He's and like I said, the the different training and all the different places, and he's from South Africa, so all the different places he's wrestled and the different training that he's gotten, he can have a good match with seemingly anyone, and can break out these different styles uh, suited. To anyone he wrestles and can have any type of match that he chooses on any given night. Uh, so those those different styles, uh, you know, it's nice to have have that under your belt if you can. You know, it's like the same deal with Chris Jericho, why he has become 
legend. A lot a lot of people call him the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in the discussion for sure, Chris yeah. Jericho, mm-hmm. because that's what he did when he was younger, is he traveled the world. He went to, you know, he's from Canada. He went to Mexico. He went to Japan. So he wrestled the Lucha Libre. He worked the Japanese style. He went to Europe. He worked in Germany, et, mm-hmm. et cetera. He worked. He worked everywhere, and he learned all these different styles. And then so when he came back to the States, and he was wrestling the Mexican wrestlers in WCW, or the and the other Latino wrestlers in WCW, he could have great matches with them because he already knew their styles. Or if he was wrestling the American wrestlers in WCW, he knew them. When, he, when they brought in the Japanese superstars... In WCW, he could wrestle them because he'd mm-hmm. already been to J- Japan. Mm-hmm. When he came up to WWF from WCW, he could, of course, wrestle them because he'd been in America now for years and was ready to be a main event star. And that's why his career was so successful. So there's something to that going around the world mm-hmm. when you're young, like Angelico, like Jericho, and then kind of starting your your career the the way you want it. After you've made your tour of the world, you know. I have a question for you because I've been curious about this. So, did Jericho? Does he know all those languages of all the places he wrestled, or is there like, like in science, how they use Latin as like the universal language? So, science makes sense, you know. Uh, like it's, you're using the same name for things. How does that work if one wrestler doesn't speak the same language as their partner? How do they, like, call matches? Do they just know the wrestling words in other languages? Or, like, how does that work? That's a great question. I've been Uh, very curious about this for a very long time. That's a great question. I think a lot of moves are just go by the same name. Um... And otherwise, I'm not sure the answer, and I don't want to make something up. Yeah, no, uh, I don't want to. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. I wouldn't. But I, I think a lot of moves, you do just use the same name, and I think go by the English name. Uh, but when you wrestle in Japan, are you are you calling moves by the Japanese names to suit them? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer. Uh, I'm I'm in the middle of Chris Jericho's first book, and it hasn't come up yet. Okay. Him having to learn a different language mm-hmm. to call the matches. You would think it would come up. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say anything about any sort of uh, language barrier in him calling the matches in the countries I just listed, in Germany, in Mexico, or in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, and and what's odd is I didn't even think about it when I was reading the book. I didn't even consider mm-hmm. the fact that they might be having to call the matches in other languages. So I assume they were calling the matches in English because I I assume if he had to learn another language he probably would have brought that up in the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I had to learn German mm-hmm. in Germany. Well, I, mean, like, I had to learn Japanese to to call matches, you know? Well, but, like, you don't have to learn the whole language to call the matches. I'm, like, ju- I'm just saying, like, I, I'm I assume the, yeah. if that was the case, he would have mentioned it in his yeah. book. I, I assume. 
I'm just going off of Jericho's mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I'm going to definitely find out the answer, and, and we'll, we'll get you an answer. Okay, cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's a great question. Thanks. Uh, I hate to leave uh, the show on an I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. Well, then I have something to add that we can leave the show on. Okay. This week's show was a million times better than last week's train wreck of a show, and I was so grateful to see the Ring of Honor that I love and cherish. It was much better. Yeah. Yeah, The last episode nine was a piece of fucking garbage. Yeah, it was terrible. It was awful. Um, so, and I felt like super depressed doing the podcast last week because it was just so deflating. It was bad, yeah. Yeah. And um, our, our podcast was super negative because the show was a piece of shit. And, and like, I hate being negative about anything yeah. with wrestling because yeah. I love it so much. And then especially Ring of Honor, which is like, has my heart, you know? Yeah, if and you so want to hear was... us, if you want to hear us be super negative, listen, <laughs> listen to last week's Ring of Honor show. Uh, what date was that? What was I that? I don't know. April? No. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, this was March 4th, or it was May 4th. May 4th, so, so, so that would have been April April 27th. Yeah. April 27th, yeah. If, Ring so of if Honor. you want to be depressed. Ring of Honor, that. April 27th. If you want to hear us complain a lot and be really negative, listen to the Ring of Honor 427 show. If you want to hear me totally torn on being negative or not. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that last time. week's Ring of Honor was mm-hmm. just an awful show and they should send us uh, a small refund for having to have paid for the service that's how bad it was yeah but if because it was like barely a fucking hour long it was, yeah we're, we're not going to talk about it again with but, four squash matches okay. and a show and a match from like 20 years ago yeah <laughs> it was, it, was, a, it, was it really was almost 20 years ago um but anyway so but then like some Which, of the other what, episodes have been so good that i would pay ten dollars just to watch that single episode so yeah so wait, what was your? Did you have a question? No, I said that this this episode oh, was you a just million to bring times it up. better than okay. last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much and better. I was, and I was glad to see that they're headed in the right direction again, and they returned to the show quality that I, I adore. Yeah, the mix of talent on this week's show I thought was good. Several of the matches weren't squash matches, but were very short. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to see them give them time, and I understand that they're taping these shows. I guess they're taping them before Dynamite happens. Yeah, so maybe these... Are, are they taping them before Dynamite or right. after? Before, before Dynamite. Yeah. I so, understand they don't want to, like, kill the crowd and wear mm-hmm. the crowd out before Dynamite, but just, if you're doing that, instead of giving us, you know, three or four four-minute matches... Just give us fewer matches and make the matches last longer, you know? what I mean, what's the point in trotting, mm-hmm. trotting three people out to have three, four-minute matches just so? I mean, who, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I get, I get you want to have the talent out there and get their faces out there. I understand. It's, it's, it's a tough call because I get you want to have Brian Cage out there and get a win. You want to have Willow Nightingale get out there and get a win on Ring of Honor. I understand that. But certainly there can be some some balance struck and and uh between having these, you know, short matches, you know, and and uh yeah. 
Well, they're back at taping this past yeah. weekend. They taped at least two episodes at Universal Studios Florida. I saw that. So yeah. we are back to a pure Ring of Honor crowd. So yeah. so the matches will be stoked. yeah the matches yeah. will be full length matches yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah the yeah the the shows came off better mm-hmm. when they tape at Universal Studios. Yeah. They came off better. Because the crowd, it's more intimate. Mm-hmm. One, it's more intimate. It's in, it's inside a closed studio. And the crowd is there to see Ring of Honor. It's not, you know, it's not the pre-show for AEW. Yeah. The crowd is there to watch Ring of Honor. This is their main event. It's their main course of wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, Well, and so they all have a familiarity with the show and the wrestlers. And right, and yeah, so it's so it's people who want to be there watching mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. It's not people who are sitting there saying, "Is this over yet? I want to see AEW. Yeah. I want to see my AEW wrestlers. Who is this? You know, on on Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. uh, and those types of things. And so it'll be nice to to go back to the Universal Studios. And, and have those matches, and like I said, where they can have several matches uh, and give them all time instead of having those shorter matches. So I, I look forward to seeing that. I look forward to the day where I can be there. That will be cool. Yelling, yeah, too. yelling <laughs> and, and cheering. That will be cool, too. All right, so this has been No Bones About Wrestling. Uh, please uh, make sure that... You subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Make sure you don't miss a show. Uh, Please rate us there also if you want to help out the show. Uh, Also, follow us on Twitter. We're on there a lot. At No Bones Wrestling. That's wrestling with an R. And at KFabulous80. That's KFabulous, K-A-Y, Fabulous80. And you will next hear from us uh, Thursday afternoon. You're going to be flying solo. I will be flying solo and doing the AEW Dynamite show. So I will see you then. And uh, for K Fabulous, this is Asa saying bye for No Bones About Wrestling. And as Mick Foley says, have a nice day. Bye.